Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I actually have a guest who has been on the podcast before, and I actually, I was just thinking about this. I haven't had a reoccurring guest come on the show, so this is pretty cool. It's quite an honor, Um, but yeah, so I have my friend David on the show today, and we're going to be talking about a super cool topic, Um, but before we do that, last time you were on the show, you were also with your sister, Um, but I would love for you to kind of give a refresher as to who you are, what you've been up to, you know, that sort of thing, so. Yeah, welcome. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think last time we were on, the topic was something along the lines of what does it mean to be holy? And I just, your topics are a little deep. It's like, no, that's an understatement. They're really deep. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. Why are you texting us to talk about these things? Uh, but no, it's so much fun to be on. And thanks for having me back. That's quite, quite the honor to be first recurring. Wow, that's all right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm David. I'm, I'm from, uh, Northern Colorado and, um, just, just love people, love business and, um, love the Lord ultimately. And so it's fun seeing how to do all three at once. And that's kind of where I'm at in life It's coming out of college. Now it's like, okay, it just, it gets real now. Uh, so that's, you know, since we've spoken, that's really the biggest thing college is done and businesses are hitting the ground running so it's it's a lot of fun and now we're back to another deep conversation with Kayla these hey. convos with Kayla man <laughs> oh yeah we're slacking here yeah no. <laughs> I have to say though one thing I actually really appreciate about your podcast and the way that you utilize social media is you really make people think you ask really good questions and I appreciate that I think that's actually super important uh, not just as Christians, but as just people in general, like we have to make people think. And it's actually one of the greatest tools, um, especially as Christians reaching a lost and dying world is causing people to think and giving them something, whether it's questions or, or what have you, that the spirit can then use. And because he's the one ultimately working in their lives. Right. So I just really appreciate the way that uh, you utilize your your platform. That's it's really it's it's quite something. So keep it up. Wow. Thank you so much for that encouragement. That means a lot. For sure. Well, as you know, um, or just a little refresher, if you don't remember, but uh, starting the podcast, I always like to ask people, what has God been teaching you? So David, what has God been teaching you in this last season? Oh, that's, that's a great question. And in short, it's uh, how to suffer well. There's been a lot of just challenge over the last, honestly, the last five years. Um, and it just, it doesn't seem to get, easier and i'm learning that that's actually a that's okay mm-hmm. like it's actually it can be a good thing um i think i actually just posted on my story the other night i was really thinking about it um and in romans 5 uh, verse 3 i believe it is um where it says you know suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope uh hope which uh, does not disappoint and that's um that's really been 
key in the last over a year now, um, a good friend of mine, um, and uh, he's a pastor from Oklahoma, was actually teaching a, a class in at one of the media groups I lead in. Um, it was really neat as he he spent about three hours breaking down just that one verse or that I shouldn't say one verse. It's actually he broke down the whole passage around that, and um, it was fascinating because suffering itself it's not like and i think i put this to and i think i wrote it somewhere i can't remember where but basically it's really not so much that we're to embrace suffering because a lot of that's kind of the thing that's kind of hip and you know it's like embrace a challenge you know and, and you gotta like accept it and embrace it like really love the suffering the challenge and the hardship and it's really what i see in scriptures really we're called to embrace the savior through the suffering and not to run away from suffering, but, but realize it's actually a gift from the Lord in a sense that it's building a character that, you know, ultimately results in this hope, uh, which, which cannot and will not disappoint. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's, that's been what I've been learning and trying to uh, just meditate and, and, and walk in during the season. So. Wow. You know, I, I think it's super cool that you talked about that because I don't think enough Christians talk about suffering. And I mean, we're never promised that this Christian walk is going to be easy and it's going to be so fun. It's like, no, like it's, it's tough, you know? And so um, that's, I mean, it's not cool to say that you've been learning that, but in a sense, it's like in the suffering, we really are formed to look more like Christ. And in that sense, Mm -hmm. like that's so cool that you've been learning that because God is using that to form you more into his image. So yeah, that's super cool, man. Not an easy subject though. I'll say that. But yeah, so we're talking about what it means to look like a man of God. Obviously I'm not a man. Um, so I, I don't know necessarily, you know, in that sense, what it means to be a man of God, but um, all I can pull out is, you know, from scripture and learning from friends or teachers and um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation and I've had a lot of people reach out to me too. And they're like, wow, this is super cool. Like you have a lot of females talking about what it means to be a woman of God, but they're super excited Mm -hmm. to hear what it means to be a man of God. So, all right. We're first going to go in the question of culture, you know, has this definition of what it means to be a man. And obviously like we live in this culture where there's a lot of, you know, downgrading on men and, and feminism, that type of movement, unfortunately. Um, so I really would love to like get your perspective on what does it mean to be a man biblically speaking? Yeah. Wow. I mean, again, great topic. I feel rather unqualified. Like I could list a name. Uh, I could give you a list of names that you should reach out to for a topic like this. So it's like, whoa. Um but I, that's a, that is a really good question because you're right. It is, it's a really tough culture, at least, and this is around the globe, but especially here in America and North America, it's just, it's tough when you, like you said, you have this movement that's um, really distorting the roles that I think the Lord really desired and, and laid out in scripture and, and the way he's designed it to be in. Um, we at, at, at Ellerslie, as you're probably familiar with the, the term, the warrior poet, mm-hmm. um, that's something that we, I, you know, has talked about quite a bit. And, and I would honestly, for that topic, just refer people to check that out. But 
Um, that's, I constantly am thinking about that, you know, even here, like I'm, I'm sitting in, in our private office where we roast coffee at the coffee shop. And, um, even here, you know, I have the similar times where it's like, okay, I'm in a work setting, but there's a time to be that warrior, that kind of, um, rising up and, and leading the charge or fighting against evil, whatever that looks like. Um, and it's sometimes just big giant and sometimes they're it's, it's smaller things and then there's a time when you you're really to be to be gentle um and and um it's that concept of, of a poet that that kind of is taking the time to really carefully think through the words of of encouragement and 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 kind of how are you uh, what compassion are you are you conveying basically whether that's through your words or your actions and that's really hard um especially for guys because it's like it's hard you almost want to be in one camp or the other and to and to be able to to go to one or the other based on the scenario um or even within the same scenario i mean there are times when it's like you, you it's almost like praying for over someone when they're sick right it's like you're praying against the sickness and that's kind of that word like that growl like we we're coming against the sickness but then we're 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 almost praying a comfort and a peace over the person, and we're not we're not a pro, we're not praying over them the same way we're we're praying against that sickness per se. Um, it's kind of that concept, and so that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Even when you ask that question, it's like, man, we need more of those guys. I need to be more like that because so often it's so easy to just you either just snap or you're passive when you need to rise up, and that's a huge. I think that's one of the biggest things I notice. It's just the passivity in our in our culture, um, and that that's something that I'm. I just, gosh, I just don't want to be. Um, is passive, especially in this day and age. We the coming of Christ is, and they've been saying it for generations, but it's so near at hand, and that could be another thousand years. That could be in five years. We, you know, or that could be tomorrow. Um, and it's just there's there's such a need. Um, I think to well, to follow that example of Job, that's uh, some that's uh, someone that comes to mind. I was going through a, a course called Chosen to Lead. Um, it's an incredible leadership program for young men, and we start off the first two weeks of the course is literally talking about um, a really who is God and, and, and understanding what he looks for. Um, when he's, when he's searching the earth, who's and in scripture, you see that, um, you see, he calls out certain people and, and, um, Job's one of them. Um, David's another one. Now I'm partial to that because we share an awesome name, but <laughs> so I, I just, and in both of them, I see that it's that warrior poet being willing to rise up when it's called for, but also very gentle and compassionate um, as well. Now, have I figured out how to do that? No, <laughs> not fully. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to wonder, well, I'm, I'm most certain that it will be a lifelong journey, you know, just Absolutely. as being a woman of God and, and learning, okay, what does it yeah. mean to submit to God as my, my head you know and to love him above all else like it's definitely a lifelong journey for sure but I love Absolutely. your answer because I think 
it really does come from this place of humility and I mean, ultimately turning to Christ. And I mean, the thing that I love about Jesus is that he really is this strong coming in like a lion, like powerful boom, Mm -hmm. but also he's just this gentle shepherd, you know? And I think like I was going through a book last year, it's called Gentle Lowly by Dane Ortland. And um, he talks a lot about that of, you know, Jesus, he comes in with power. He has the strength. He is a warrior, Mm -hmm. but like you were saying, he has that poet side of being that shepherd and, and just really gentle towards his sheep. So um, with you saying of, of reflecting Christ in that way, like I I love that answer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was super good. I, uh, yeah. you talked on this and this isn't a question. So if you don't really feel like you could like answer it, that's fine. But, um, you talked about how did you phrase it exactly? The like men are either like passive or what was the other word? Mm. Uh, I'm trying to go back in what I said. Yes. It might've been where like we either snap or it's passive. Like it's almost like you without self-control, just like yeah. that might've been what that might've been it. Yeah. Do you feel like you would possibly be able to speak on like maybe what the root of that is? Like why, why do men, you know, go on this one side of the passive, you know, side things or, or snapping or yeah. Wow. That's, that's deep. I, I think honestly, just to be short and concise, I think it, it comes down to the fact that we are human. We have this sinful nature, which is self-focused. It's, it's honestly lacking self-control. Um, and we have such a need for the spirit and self-control is one of the, the one of the fruits of the spirit, um, which is, is it's evidenced when the spirit is present. And so I think that, I think it really just comes down to a greater need in all of us. Um, and that goes men and women alike, but for sure, men, and especially uh, in so many more leadership positions where that so those those scenarios can come up um to be just constantly humble before the lord and seeking a, a filling of the holy spirit i i think that honestly is kind of what it comes down to um, i mean we're we're all just as human as the next guy um but that you know the spirit the spirit is able to work with all of us and it is literally the, the the point of being here on earth is to be used by God um, as sons of God. So I don't know. That's without putting much more thought into it, that would be my immediate answer. Yeah, that's good. Amen. This was a question actually that I received off of Instagram. Um, and someone was asking, like, is being a man of God a status within the church or is this a personal thing between man and God? How would you answer that one? That's a really good question. Um, that's actually one that I was. I put a couple notes down when you sent me the questions last night or, or, or when it, whenever it was. And that was the one I actually didn't answer. And I, I didn't put any notes because I was really thinking through that. Like, that's really fascinating. I think you, I think you go for a while on this, but I, I really believe that it's, it's between uh, man and God. That's where it starts. Um, it's maybe reflected in them rising to a status in the church, but I don't think that any status can define being a man of God. Um, I was actually reading in Acts 13, and it's interesting because Paul mentions, uh, he, he reads off this quote. I actually, I put the reference here. I'll, I'll just read it. Acts 13, 22. And it says, and after he had 
removed him. He raised up David to be their king. Uh, he being, uh, when he says he had removed him, speaking of Saul. Uh, he raised up David to be their king, about whom he also said, bearing witness, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. And I, I then was just thinking again, through through David's life, right, he starts in the field. He's not, there's no status. And that's where, and it's classic, right? From Sunday school all the way up to, you know, you go through Bible college. It's a classic example, right? He starts in the field. He fights um, the lion and the bear. He's got all these different trials and, and testings in the field where he's got no status. He's anointed king, yet he's not given that position. And then so on and so forth until finally what, what Paul is referencing here, he is then put into that position. God finally raises him into, into that, in that position. And, I think the you know the the Lord being able to look upon David and raise him into that isn't just a all like okay he's now a man of God because he's in position and I know the question was more within the church but <clears throat> just that example you know it started with this relationship as we see in Psalms in the writing of Psalms just that it's a just intimate relationship one on one that then comes forth through what whatever those those outlets are so no i don't think being a man of god is a status within the church as an objective like okay you have status now you're a man of god i i I really think i really believe that you're you are that man of god when you are taking the time to really really seek him in that intimate relationship you might never have a position in the church you might never have status of any kind you might be the the last pick of any church in the world um and you could still be a true man of god who he loves and who he's pleased with and so no i don't think it's a status thing Uh, i think we make it that and i think that's a bit sad um actually um because you know we look we look at the outward appearance but but god truly looks at the heart and that's where that man of god title if you will that's where that births out of. So, yeah, no, that's really good, and I, I love that you did bring up David um, because that was something I think about. You know, just like okay, he is this man after God's own heart, and mm-hmm. he's also though this man who, you know, committed adultery, who committed murder. You know, you can start listening mm-hmm. down, and it's oh, just yeah. like, start questioning like okay well why was he the man of god like after Mm -hmm. you know god's own heart here when literally he Mm -hmm. committed all these sins if you will you know and it's just like Mm -hmm. i think it really comes down to you know like what you said just like yeah like this personal intimacy that you have with with the lord you know and david like i man he is someone that i look up to you know just reading through the psalms and him just being so vulnerable and real before the lord and you know the whole like mm-hmm. why have you afflicted me or why have you left me why have you forsaken me even in the midst of that though like you are my hope you are my shelter like he is just so honest and real with the lord and i think that part of is the reason why he's this man after god's own heart is because you know he mm-hmm. sought god and he was real with god and mm-hmm. i think it honestly for me it's super cool to see when men are doing that within the church especially and and seeing how real and vulnerable men are with each other but also um you know with the women in their lives in an appropriate way 
it's just it to me that shows more strength and more honor when men are being real instead of being like i'm tough you know i have it all together so yeah no i i really appreciate that answer we kind of briefly talked about it in the beginning where you know our world has like this definition of what it looks like to be a man and or lack of therefore in our culture nowadays unfortunately um so in this world that we live in where manhood really is being degraded and just being sent down to the ground how do you how would you like encourage people to be like jesus in this culture love well honestly i mean that's to follow his example would literally be that it is to humble yourself regardless of what people think of you regardless of man i don't i've don't have a position. I've never had a position. It's like, it doesn't matter about that. It's simply, um, to, we, we are to humble ourselves and to love selflessly. That's just straight up. That's, that's it. Um, I think from there, yeah, there are different practical. Sure. But it, it begins with a heart that is humble before the Lord and just seeking him. He will, if you honestly, and I need to do this more myself. It, when we ask for that love, when we ask for the heart of the father, oh, wow, does he give? He just gives more of himself and, and he can't give more of himself without that very, his very heart. Like mm-hmm. that is who he is. And so um, that's, that's where I'd, mm-hmm. I, I'd keep that one simple and short, which is just love well. Yeah. No, that's so good. Yeah. And I, I, it takes a lot of strength to be able then to, to walk out. I mean, ultimately the Lord's strength, right. To walk out and to love well. Um, but I, I, I really love that answer. And it really comes down to that is, is praying for that love for these people and um, being able to walk out in that love and grace and, you know, being able to be Jesus in that way. How do you, and I don't know if this is going to be like a straightforward answer, or, you know, you have several comments, but Basically, how do you show other men what it means to be a man of God? Because, um, I mean, obviously, you can you can walk the walk, you can talk the talk, but through your actions, like, what do you feel like it means to show other people what that looks like? Yeah. You know, I think it starts with seeking, first seeking good examples. What, so, and, I mean, easy step one, read the word of God um and be in the word of god and then from there you know there's a good friend someone i look up to i really admire him he was he was a colonel in the army um recently retired and he he shared with me and and a couple other young men in here in this area when he was visiting he shared about the concept of um mtas most trusted advisors and and while that mostly was in the context of seeking wisdom and counsel mostly in the like for decision or what have you i i really think it's you know that's another area that it starts is surrounding yourself with men of god who clearly are walking as they ought to are are an example uh, or are, are walking out the example in scripture um and and learning from them you know sitting under them and and, and learning okay what's this mean having someone disciple you not only is that 
ridiculously clear in scripture uh, that should be taking place, but it is so crazy how it just, it's meant to be. And it's amazing. I have an older gentleman. He's, he's um, several, several decades, uh, my elder. And he, I just talk everything through with him. And from there, he's able to guide me through, literally disciple me through life, whether that's through an issue on the word of God or through a relationship um, or through work or through you fill in the blank. And from there, you then are filled up to be able to pour out and uh, seek those that you can do the same too. And that's the basic model of discipleship. So I would say, how do you show other men? You know, it's, I think it's just walking alongside of each other, supporting each other as brothers, which is ultimately, that is what we are. We are brothers in Christ. Um, and so, you know, never, never stop learning. That's, that's, that's key. Whether that's spiritual, that's, that's through something practical, whatever that looks like. Um, so I really think it, if, I think it comes down, this is something that even through talking with the gentleman that disciples me is, it really comes down to if you are seeking to live as a godly, faithful young man, in that pursuit of, of, of godliness, if I could say it that way, um, you will ultimately be able to provide the same support for those around you. So it's not necessarily like going out and like, okay, with where I'm at, how can I do it? It's almost just seek the Lord and and ask him for those that you can disciple or mentor, uh, whatever, however you want to approach it. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, with that, I don't know, going into anything more practical, that's tough, but I think on a, to kind of bring it up a little bit, maybe the 20,000 feet up. It's just like, that's kind of where I put it. It's super good. Yeah. I would honestly say the same and we're talking about this some other day, but um, for a woman of God, it's very yeah. important as well to have that mentorship and um, absolutely, you know, those, those older women who have actually gone through life or older men who have gone through life, who can actually shed light onto the situation and really point you to the Lord in that. And I think it's, it's really important to have that. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I would say, you know, whether it's just for in friendships or or what have you, it's looking for those that surround themselves with older, wiser, young, um, older, wiser men, older, wiser women, whatever the context is. Yeah, that's it is key. What areas of your life as a man are the most important to have strict self-discipline? Yeah. Um, really good word of God and prayer immediately. Um, it's, and that's, uh, that's actually something that I really loved about that particular course called chosen to lead that that's he, oh my goodness. He, he doesn't stress it enough or he, he can't, he overstresses and says, actually is what I mean to say is like, it's just, it's the word of God. You've got to be in the word of God and that's where it starts. And that's really, really hard. It is the first thing to go when life gets busy, it's the first thing to go when life gets tough. Like it's amazing how we turn to these other things. It's friends, social media, Netflix, honestly, for me, it'd be a 
there'd be popcorn and Netflix. Like, I'm serious. Like, we just turn to these things so quickly. It's crazy where it's like the word of God. And in those times when it's, you're really under pressure, you're, more, you're absolutely going to turn from that quicker or, or, or lose that, if you will, if in your normal life, it isn't a priority. And so uh, that's something even this year coming out of school, just realizing, wow, I have so much more time. What on earth? Um, that's something that to go back to that gentleman that's discipling me right now. He's like, you know, you might be getting 40 hours a week back to your life right now because you just stopped school. Put 25% of that into studying the word of God and in prayer. Like you literally have the, you have the control of the time and where you put it. That's something that the Lord gives us is, is that free will to use our time how we will. <clears throat> and so he's really been um, encouraging me to, to do that. And that's something I'm still trying to figure out. It's like, that's a lot harder than I realized two hours a day. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I, that just comes back to the culture we live in. That's just not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not normal. And so I think that's a huge one. Um, and <clears throat> you know, Psalm, Psalms 119, great chapter to just see constantly over and over throughout the entire chapter, the importance of the word of God. So that's, that's what I would, I would say is the, the most, the most important thing by far to have self-discipline in is to be in the word of God, whether that is just reading through it, studying it, memorizing it, all of the above be in the word of God. Um, that I honestly could stand alone and there are other areas for sure, but it starts there. It absolutely starts there. No, that's so good. And um, I was actually having a conversation with this kind of on this topic um, a few nights ago at this young adult group that I go to. And um, someone was bringing it up of, you know, if you're in relationship with someone, like you're not going to just say like, Oh, you know, I'll text them back in a few days. Like I'm just too busy right now. Or, uh, you know, I don't really want to call them right now. Like I, I'd much rather watch Netflix or scroll on Instagram. Yeah. Or and if that were the case, like the relationship is not going to last, you know, the other person right. like, Hey, you got to put some effort into this too. Seriously. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's our relationship with God. Like if we yeah. and I'm guilty of it too, trust me, I'm so guilty of it. Um, but it's, it's one of these things of like, okay, if we are prioritizing these people or these things or, yeah. you know, whatever, instead of prioritizing the word of God and putting that off to the side, it really does become this thing of like, okay, well, is this a relationship in the first place, you know, and, and God's so gracious to us. And he just, he extends his beautiful grace unto us that I'm so thankful. Absolutely. For. Man, is it, it's a, it needs to be a priority, you know, and it, it needs right. to be this right. thing. Yeah. We wake up and we say, I want to, to be in the word. Like that's a desire of my heart. Yeah. Instead of like, I think I should do this. It's like, no, that needs to be a want in your life. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I echo everything you said. I think what you just said about he gives grace is so key too, because it's, it is easy to feel kind of that self-condemnation, like oh, I'm not in the word enough, which, and I, I totally get that. I feel that often because I'm truly, I'm not in the word enough as I know I should be, but he does extend grace and, and he also increases that desire, especially as you're in the word, like, wow, you almost can't get enough. And that's a great place to be. But that comes like he's he's faithful. He he provides that in, in due time. Okay, so this one, 
I'm trying to think how I want to phrase it because this has been an ongoing conversation with one of my best friends. We've been talking about this whole concept for months. Basically, when Christians, I would say a lot of females, I don't know about the male side, but a lot of females, we say, you know, don't settle and like, wait for this yeah. man, <laughs> you know, all of that. You see all the Instagram posts, everything. So we we have this idea and it's a good thing of not settling and waiting for God's best. Um, but we don't hold ourselves to that standard. You know, you, you look at someone and this is where we've been talking a lot about, a, you know, you look at someone and you think, okay, he's, he's a great guy. He has this and this and this, but he really struggles with trusting God or he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's not humble or he has a lot of spiritual pride or, you know, he's having a hard time mm-hmm. surrendering things or whatever. And yet mm-hmm. when we have those same issues and if someone were to say that to you know, us saying like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in you, or I don't want to date, or I don't even want to be friends because Mm -hmm. I see how much you struggle with trusting God. That would hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be awful hearing that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, basically like we are always in this place of being refined and and being cultivated more into the image of Christ. And there is grace, you know, as we've talked about, there is grace. So how Mm -hmm. can we be careful to not be too judgmental um, and quick to assume someone's heart posture or their life and completely, you know, miss them off and be like, yeah, well, putting you off to the side. Um, mm. While also being careful, you know, to really just look at their their heart of wanting to grow mm-hmm. and wanting to learn and, you know, their heart of, yeah, just wanting to be more like Christ. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, in other words, like what point in a guy's walk with Christ, does a man actually become a man of God? You have this interesting balance where you're talking about, you know, having Christ as that standard and then having the whole assortment of men that aren't remotely close in the sense of they're human. I think that's, that's a, this, that's why this is like such a challenging, um, such a challenging question. Um, but I would say there are a couple of things and even in my own life that I've even relied on, which, you know, it's, it starts with, okay, seeking the Lord and asking him to reveal himself in in how he leads for wisdom. That's one thing that he promises to give us. If we ask in the name of Jesus, without doubt, like he promises it which means we're going, we're going to receive supernatural wisdom. He, it's literally in his word. He, he promises it. And so seeking that um, and asking for that um, is, is key to begin with. I think it goes back to having those MTAs, if you will, um, in saying, okay, this is what I see. These are the things this person has shared with me whether that's okay. They're in this place and they're seeking to grow. I can, you know, I don't, see them where I'd love to see them, but that's life. We're constant. We have, we're growing into that and having someone that knows you well as is also, I think key because we are all created in the image of God, but we are also very unique and different and he's gifted us in different ways and he's wired us differently. And having someone that really understands the way the Lord has made you as a woman of God and built you and raised you to this point 
is also, I think, really key to have um, to be able to bounce those questions off of. So I see this and I hope for this or I would expect this. Is that fair? Is that accurate? Um, that having that counsel, I think, is also really important because especially if we're talking about, you know, this turning into like getting into that more romantic relationship, dating, courting, whatever you want to call it. Emotions get involved that quick. And wow, it is so hard to see clearly, which isn't a bad thing. And it, like, it's, it's meant to be that way. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, but having those people on the outside, that are able to also be that guidance along with the word of God, along with his, his spirit, which does, lead us and guide us I, I think they all play a certain part not that you want to elevate one over the other in wrongly but um yeah having that counsel I think is is key uh, um immensely key so I definitely wouldn't say that's the best answer I could probably give but that's that's at least there's some context why I think it's such a great and challenging question and a couple of my thoughts to it we as females we really do get in this mindset of almost mm -hmm. start idolizing people and thinking like yeah this is it like this is the person and then it's like okay but yeah you know so yeah it's a complicated yeah. thing <laughs> there's always going to be something that we're probably going to look at in 35 40 years after being married for however long that equals and we all look at our, our spouses going, I did settle on this in this. In the, because we're, we're all human. We're, it, that perfection that we long for in that soulmate, in that spouse, from what I can gather, is not going to be found in someone on earth, but it is found in Christ. And, and we're... we're this earthly marriage is a picture of Christ and his church um, in the sense that um, it's so many aspects. It's really neat. Again, I go back to that CTL book. There's he, he has three pages of contrasting an, uh, a marriage between man and wife and Christ and his church. And it is, it is breathtaking. Um, but yet it is, completely different in the sense that christ is perfect he he is absolutely perfect in every way there is no blemish um he satisfied the sacrifice that needed to be made for us that is how we have salvation um is in the blood of christ because he was perfect and so there is an element of um there is an element of we won't we'll never find that perfection that we long for and crave for outside of Christ. <clears throat> but there also is a level of things that we should never settle for. I think it's important for every, for us to start at, okay, what's the non-negotiable in scripture, regardless of who we are. And then we start working back down to, okay, this is who I am as a person. And that's where having those mentors and close friends and what have you, um, it helps with that. <clears throat> but and just as an encouragement, like it, it is okay when it's not all maybe how we dreamed it to be. We just need to be faithful with what we know. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ where that now 
you're going to be that with whoever you end up dating next. And if you end up marrying them, when you guys have kids, when either of you is on the deathbed and the other's holding the, the other's hand, and then they're taken to be with the Lord, whoever that is first. And at that moment, when one is on earth still and the other is with, with Christ, you are at every step of the journey, you're still brother and sister in Christ. And keeping that forefront of mind is, is, is key, I think. That's really the place that I have come to. Um, you even referred to this, so that's why it's cool to also bring this up. But um, basically, I've just like, yeah, finding that whole satisfaction and fulfillment in Christ ultimately and like you said you hit on this but like ultimately really does come down to christ being your everything in that and not Mm -hmm. turning to the other person to fill those needs in your soul with you know that second part of the question of like what point in a guy's walk um with christ does a man become that man of god what do you think that's a challenge i i remember when my my mentor the gentleman that i referenced a couple times that is discipling me i remember when we were meeting and I was sharing some things, whatever. And he just put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but you are a man of God. You're no longer a boy. You're no longer this uh, less than. You, you are a man of God. And I just remember going, wow. I, I, not that I needed a human to tell me that, but that was actually really moving was to have that older gentleman just put his hand on my shoulder and say, you are a man of God. You are called to be a godly, faithful young man. You know, be that. Don't don't just be that. Don't let that stop you. And so I don't know that I actually have the maturity to even answer that question, to be completely honest. And I think that's something that he actually showed me through that. It's like, wow there's a lot I have to learn about this process of really being a man of God. And you are, that is what I would say to him. And that's what I esteem in the sense of an example here on earth. And do we need a, another person to tell us that? No, I don't think so. That goes back to the earlier question. It's a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, and I, you know, I think it's evidence a lot in just in, in your, in your walk is another thing um but yeah that i just share that to say there isn't something about man having that that person that's discipling you just call that out that was that was moving and that really set kind of changed the tone even for myself going okay wow okay you know it's like shoulders back (laughs) wow okay we gotta get to work here (laughs) Um, so I, I don't know that I actually have a very good answer to be completely honest. Um, that's something I'm still, still learning, but I know that for a fact that journey begins one-on-one with the Lord. It begins in private. It's, it's when no one's looking, that's where it starts. Um, it's within your time in the word of God. It's, it's in time and prayer that that's where it starts. When that, what that transition is, when the, when the light you know, when the light switch flips, I, 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 does it, is there a light switch moment? Is it a gradual progression? I, I actually don't know at this point, just to be completely honest. Um, that's something I'm still learning. You know, with yeah. that, I think that's a perfect place to end the podcast actually with a banger. That was, man, that was so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 
I really appreciate just everything you had to say. And once again, your heart for God is, is just really cool to, to see and to watch it grow. And um, yeah, you're, you're really doing great things. So keep it up. I appreciate that encouragement. I really do. And, and, you know, right back to you, like I said at the beginning, the way you're, you've been using this platform is incredible. And so just keep it up. Um, seriously, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, and yeah, I just, you know, God's richest blessings to you and, and your podcast and, and your platform. 